don't know whether to be delighted or a bit let down by this movie, so I decided to be delighted, myself and my friend Alan did. Now, myself and my friend Alan, hello Alan, my friend Alan, hello Alan, yes, hello, hello, very good to hear you, yes, very good to see you too. We tend to like to watch movies that, that have been recorded off the TV or maybe they're on YouTube and we're, we're casting them and all that kind of stuff. And um, and my wife will will be there and be making odd comments, but she's not as into this kind of horror movie genre as uh, it's a subgenre of horror, and it's uh, bad horror. Uh, and there are quite a lot of movies around that we consider to be bad horror. We consider them to be schlocky and all that kind of stuff. Zoltan Hound of Dracula is a good one. It's a very good one, actually, to put into that specific category. It was... So challenging in that way that we couldn't finish it the other night. And we are hardened, poor horror movie watchers. Now, let me just make a, a disclaimer. We love Hammer. We love Amicus. We love Tygon. All of that. Great movies in there. But there was a movie called The Terror. And I thought, oh, hey, this will be good. 1978. I thought it might be something like a sort of sub Cronenberg thing. Because it looked from the... Um, from the poster, it's all kind of bright colours and all that. It looked a bit like Rabbit and things like that, uh, or Scanners. And I thought, ooh, that'll be, that could be good. But no, it's British. And what's more, when it was released in 1978, it was the, the best-selling movie in Britain. I mean, only for a week, but that's not bad, is it? It was made, not on a shoestring, but made to kind of... Um, just to sort of, quite simply, you know, the um, the person who directed it, Norman J. Warren, has said that they tried to do it quite simply. He'd seen Suspiria and was influenced a bit by that. More of that in a minute, because actually, it, it's quite a good, it's quite a good influence that. And then they didn't want, we uh, didn't want a complicated story. They gave the writer. David McGilvray, lots and lots of the, the scenes that they'd like to see, and said, there you go, made that into a movie. And he did. The basic idea is that you see a prequel of a witch being burned and the lady of the manor being very interested in seeing the burning. Oh, I want to be there when the, when the burning takes place. I'm not saying she does it like that. She doesn't do it in a kind of sub Kenneth Williams, quite bad impression type way. But um, the burning doesn't take place the way she feels that she that she thought it would. And what happens is that um, the the witch becomes supernatural, as witches often do, I'm led to believe, and, and kills both her and, and the lord of the manor as well. And then curses them before she lops her head off. And cut to modern day um, England. So far, so Dracula AD 1972, which is a better movie than people think. Anyway, you've got everything centred around a production house, a film production house. And you've got the the two guys who own it, who are good-looking gentlemen. Um, and the kind, of, the kind of films that are coming in there. So you've got um, John Nolan as James Garrick. Garrick, A, actors, Garrick, A, A. His wife is Anne, more of that in a minute. And James Aubrey, you'll have seen him, he's done loads of TV. And sadly no longer with us, but um, he's done a lot of work. And he plays Philip, who's his partner. Now, 
they're having a bit of a sort of um, having a bit of a um, a knees up, a party because they're about to do a new film and they've got Carol Tucker played by Glynis Barber, Dempsey and Makepeace, Michael Brandon, Jane, the Wicked Lady. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's more than that. Anyway, she's there because she's, I mean, she's a big star. And um, she then leaves the pot. Something happens. There's a hypnotism going on. And Caroline Courage, as Anne Garrick, goes under and starts, it seems, to bring the witch back to the party. Carol runs away, frightened, and ends up pinned to a tree. It's actually rather good. The way she's found, she's much, really feet off the floor. Very good. And what I mean is several feet off the floor. Yes, her feet would be off the floor, but several feet off the floor. Which, of course, causes a panic consternation. The writer, David McGilvray, is seen doing a bit of a piece to camera outside the studio for the local news. And afterwards, it's very good. He says, is that all right? That's quite nice. Quite nice. And then people start to pop off. There are actors in a in a house and they're all being stuck. You know, at, um, Caroline is with um, is with other actors in a house. All of that. There are there's a, a quite a funny. It's supposed to be a sort of horror comedy, and actually, it manages it because the scenic stuff is good. There's a scene actually where James Aubrey is in the studio on his own, and there's some kind of poltergeist activity. There's a lovely moment where. I know it sounds ridiculous, but he is sort of wound up in film stock. You know, the kind of celluloid film stock. Looks really good. And um, most of the activity, most of the set pieces, great. You know, when the head is locked off or the blood is very, very shiny, bright Kensington Gore Hammer Horror stuff. Just to show you that this is blood. So, you know, that's Dewey Gurr for English. Um horror of the of the late 70s and right through the 70s I would say but the set pieces are all right like a scene where a light falls on a huge light falls on um, a stage light in fact falls on a director and actually not only is he is he um, battered but he's also burned it's quite nice it's nicely done and Dario Argento there's quite a lot of people walking in in, in open spaces, in woods, with a very electronic, musical, brash backing, which is very Argento. And it works really well. What he doesn't have is any of the, I want to like this completely in red. I'm going to like this completely in blue. doesn't have any of that. It does seem more sort of, not made for TV, but certainly looks like a lot of UK films of the time. Quite cosy feel to it. And there's some comedy in this as well. And mainly, this is um, this is brought through by uh, th- there's a there's a group who are doing a kind of a I don't know a sort of cheeky British sex comedy thing, and they're trying to get a a scene done where they're in the bath, you know, scrubbing the back and all that kind of stuff. And actually, Trisha Walsh, Trisha Walsh Smith, who if you've seen Pineapple Dance Studio all those years ago, the program that brought us. Louis, Louis Spence. Yeah, she's in that. And uh, I recognised her from there. But here, obviously she's a lot younger and she's really very funny. It's a lovely bit where she can't remember her lines. 
And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I've gone. And she said, she's reading the script. Can I scrub your back? Giggle, 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 giggle. It's lovely. It's a really nice... I mean, she cops for it as well. They all do. I won't tell you who is the person who's got the witch inside of them, because that would be too much of a spoiler. Do have a look at it. It comes up occasionally on kind of talking pictures and things like that. It's worth a look. I was really surprised. I mean, it's not top ten or anything, but it's not a terrible movie. And I'm really interested. There were so many movies in Britain made in the 70s that really made money. And was it was a real... A real... Workforce. A real manufacturing basis. And a lot of them were either Brit sex comedies or horror. And I'm going to try and see if I can see some more. Because this one has made me feel like I want to see a few more. Oh, and by the way, Peter Mayhew pops up for all those Star Wars fans. He's just in one scene, but I think you'll like it. There you go. There's a reason to see it, if not just for entertainment. Ta-ta.